over the last, over the last, uh, I think, four or five weeks of the Sunday messages that we've been doing on the live streaming, the Lord has been speaking very strongly to us as a family. Um, so unexpectedly, I did not expect to speak the way that I did, but I felt moved by the Holy Spirit to speak in the mood that I did. You know, and there. So many times when we want to know the mood of the Holy Spirit, we can pick it up by the way He moves the preacher to speak. And so the mood of the Spirit you can speak, uh, pick up by the, the way the preacher is preaching. And so we could sense that there was a... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? The way the Holy Spirit was speaking very strongly to us that we need to surrender. We need to yield to His voice. We need to... I was thinking that when the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, it was the beginning of Him yielding Himself over to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And the reason He went through the wilderness was to overcome all temptations that interfere with the governance of the Holy Spirit over His life. And so he needed to remain submitted to the Holy Spirit while he's feeling temptations that could cause him to disobey what the Lord uh, and the Holy Spirit was perhaps saying or wanted him to do. So it is, it is that God wants us to surrender and to yield and to, and to just fully give over to him, right? That's what he's been doing and it, and it just seems like over the last four to five weeks that the Holy Spirit has just been reminding us of things that we know. But yet we know that He has been speaking, though He has been reminding us of these things. So, uh, and having said that, having said that, it seems that the Lord today wants to remind us again of things that we have heard before. I, I, on Friday night, while I was sleeping, I had a dream. And in the dream, I was standing in front of uh, a crowd, a group of people. I think some I didn't know. A lot of faces I recognized. So, but it was not within this building, but it was another a place that I couldn't recognize. But in the dream, I was preaching things that I myself have heard already by the Holy Spirit, and that I have also preached to us. And, the Holy, and in the dream I was saying, we are from above. And our position in being above, seated in Christ, is a permanent position. It is being secured by Christ. And, and I was saying, but we are a man from heaven. We are the sons from above. And no matter what situation you go through, you still are above. And no matter what struggle you have, that you are personally having, you are still seated on the throne. And our recognition and our ability to recognize that in the midst of your personal struggle or circumstances that you are going through, it is important for us to recognize that the work that Jesus did through the cross and uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit has placed us above all things. They are submitted to us. And it is for us to see that even though we go through battles, even though we are struggling with things, facing challenges, it's important to have a mind that is so, as, as Sean would say, bolted rooted, established, built, set on the reality of the truth of God's word that I am above, though I am in the middle of the storm, right? And Jesus gave us such a clear picture of that, that when he was, when, they, when he told his disciples to go over to the other side, as he told them to go over to the other side, 
he left them and went up to a mountain to pray on his own. And they were in the, in the, crossing over the sea. And as they were crossing over the sea, there came a storm. A storm that was so, uh, the, the word was so vicious, it hit them on every side and there was no way out for them. And Jesus, watching over them, as he was praying, he decided to go down and walk to them. And he walked, while the storm was there, he walked on the waters. That, that implies that sometimes a storm doesn't need to leave for you to enjoy peace. Sometimes a storm doesn't need to be removed for you to have joy, for you to live above it, for you to live in the reality of who Christ has made you to be. You are God's Son, seated far above all things on a throne, established, rooted in that position. You are above. You are not beneath. Though you feel beneath, but you can still live in the reality that, that in the midst of these things, I am above it. And you can sleep in the storm. Jesus showed us how he slept in the storm. Jesus showed us how he walked over the storm. And Jesus showed us many things. God showed us how he split the sea. The reality is, that so many times we are looking for things to change for us to have peace and joy. But we can enjoy those things. The peace, the joy, the laughter, the happiness. In the midst of such hostile environments. And I want us to see that reality. And when Jesus walked on the water and Peter saw him walking on the water. He said, Lord, if that is you, tell me to come. And the Lord said, come, it is I. And he came and he walked on the water. But his, his reality uh, for that moment as he was walking on the water was not fixed on the storm. It was fixed on the one who was showing him who he is. Jesus Christ, as he was walking on the water, was presenting to his disciples that there is a reality in which you can love, that you can love above the storm. You can have joy. And as he was fixed upon Jesus, he walked on the water. But later on, what he did was he fixed his eyes upon the storm. And as he looked upon the storm and took his eyes off Jesus, that was presenting to him the life that is possible for him, he began to sink. And so the reality here is, the reality is that whatever you focus on, that will become your reality. And so we are so used to living by our environment, so used to but what we know to be facts, that a man can, can't walk on a water, that a storm coming on that way, that it will flush us away, that we are in danger of sinking. And we know these facts. We have learned them over the years. But there is another reality that, has, that Jesus has brought to you. And that reality is that you have been lifted up far above. You have been lifted up far above. That is where you have been lifted up. And when we, when we can fix our eyes, our sight, our mind, exercise our mind, on the one that we behold. He came to present to us a life that is possible. A life that is possible. And as you are looking at things in the world, you know, there's, there's lots of rumors, there's lots of things being said, there's lots of fear um, that, that, is, that is moving around. Um, People losing jobs, depression, and things like this. But we can live in another reality. That is what you need to take with you today. We can live in another reality. Another world, another realm. 
Today, today, the, you know, a statement like seeing is believing is so common amongst people that if you see it, you can believe it. But for us to believe in things that we cannot see is for us sometimes difficult. When it, when it comes to this, but let me tell you, there are many things that you believe that you cannot see. Yet you believe them as truth, as facts, as so. And you even walk and behave according to those realities that are unseen to you. You, you understand what I'm saying? We walk by those things. We live by those things. And yet... There is something else that is out there that exists, right? That exists in a world that we cannot see. It is there. It is real. It is real. But we must choose to live by the unseen reality. I want you to take this word and I want you to realize that you will need this understanding. As we move into the future, you will need this understanding. You will need to live by this reality that is unseen to us. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11 verses 1. From Micah chapter, chapter 4 verse 1, don't go there. We're going to read Hebrews 11 verse 1. But from Micah chapter 4 verse 1, this prophecy regarding the last days, right? That chapter talks about, it shall come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top above all the other hills. That old chapter is describing a church that will be victorious, but will be in the midst of, of the struggle and there needs to be a people that are built you understand we are not busy with motivational teachings we are busy with building a mentality into you we are busy building a, a mindset that is fortified against its environment That when the environment speaks to you, it has no effect upon you. Are you with me? This is the reality. This is many of the things that we have been saying uh, regarding our sonship. The default setting. right? That I am a son. And with my sonship and that attitude and that mentality, I face struggles. And when struggles, when storms... When things out of the blue come and face me, I respond to it from my position in Christ. I am a son and I am above and I am made a king and I rule over you and I will bring you under me by the reality and the truth that you are already legally placed under my feet. Therefore, I walk in that reality. What I've come to realize is that is that we need to get away. We need to get away from our doubts, from our uncertainties. We need to step into a place within our emotions, within our thinking, that we know that we know that the victory is ours. There can be no doubt in your mind that you are going to get the victory. Because when we pray, we, must, we are told that we must pray with faith. The Bible says that when you ask in prayer, you must believe that you will receive. But when we pray about our things, we have to have the certainty within us that the victory is mine. And that the victory will be mine. And that the victory has already been granted unto me. And I will have what I am asking for. And I will have what I am standing for. 
it will be mine but how many times we ask in prayer and we doubt in what we are going to receive will it happen father give me a victory here father give me a breakthrough father come through for me father i am in a situation in a tight spot please father help but we are uncertain if we are going to come through we are and then we will we sometimes we don't even say it but we will say but others will pray it and others will think it and not say it but in our hearts if your will if it is your will i'm saying we got to get beyond those things in certain areas we got to get beyond those things where it is not if it is your will where we know the victory is mine the victory is mine this is the certainty that we must walk in that he will provide not maybe it will he will do are you with me we must build this mentality we must build this mentality now the bible says you now faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen right what this tell you what this tells you is that your faith was primarily given to you so that you can walk in the reality of things that you cannot see with a natural eyes today i'm going to ask you you are here because you have given your life to christ i ask you a question can you see jesus christ at this moment you cannot but you believe in somebody that you cannot see and because you have believed in him you have received a salvation that he did on the inside of you and that salvation that you have received has become now your reality though you cannot see it but because you have believed it you experience it and because you have believed in the lord jesus we even see the evidence of something that happened in the unseen on the inside of you we see change take place we see it is always so evident how when people give their life to the lord there is a new joy inside of them as if something has happened something did happen we just could not see it but it happened in the unseen on the inside of you it is a reality faith was given so that you could live in the reality of something that you cannot see with these eyes but you know it exists and faith is there to make these unseen things real to us so that when 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 we walk we know it is real for example you cannot see angels but we read in the bible of angels but only through faith can angels become real to you you know of a kingdom that cannot be seen you cannot say over there and over here but jesus said the kingdom of god is within you you cannot see it does not come with observation you cannot use these two eyes to say where the kingdom is because it is within you it is there it is unseen but it is a reality that exists and faith was given to you so that that reality that christ has now transferred to you and has allowed you legally to come into that you may live in it i was trained by the lord i was trained by him to walk by the unseen many many times i i've shared this before when we stayed at the uh, in miersach and we stayed at the, at the the previous house that we were, we were living in when there were so many financial challenges you know and sometimes when God, when when people talk about you know yo we just go from it's the one almost like you just overcome and then the next thing you just overcome then the next thing comes your way and and when i look at it, i think i know that because i went like it it went from one problem 
to the next problem. One situation to the next situation. One shortcoming of finances and then the Lord comes through. Don't add, then he comes through. Don't add, then he comes through. Over and over I went through like that. And there was many times you could not see, you couldn't look at your bank account to say the money is there so that we could do it. But we had to live in the reality that the provision is there. And God, and I would drive in my car and I'd drive down, go out of the house, drive down that road in Mirsa. And as I'm driving, I would say, I don't know where the money is, but the money is there. I don't know, and I'm not going to bother myself about who has it. But all I know is the Father's provision is there for me. I had to learn to live in the reality of something that is true. That does the Father have a shortcoming? Is, is he financially short? Then he goes, say, my kuntakani, we know you. Those words that that we grew up, you know, where your parents will say to you, my child, I'm not able to do it now for you because financially we're not possible or in a position to do something like that. But let's see what we can do. That's not the father that we serve. We serve a father of an abundance. We serve a father that has more than enough. We serve a father that can feed many, many people, that can take care of all of us as my wife said he knows the number of hairs he knows the hair on all of you yeah in doesn't matter where we are we serve a father of an abundance we serve a father who knows what he's able to do and there must be in our mind no uncertainties about him that's why the bible says jesus said when you pray you must say our Father, that means the one you are approaching, you must understand who he is. You must know the one that you are talking to. You understand? You must know, just like you know certain people, because of their consistent behavior, you will know that hey, you can trust that person. If that person says he's there, you know he will be there. In the same way, when we approach our Father, God who is our Father, we must approach Him with understanding of Him, with certainty, with reality, that when I ask Him, He is hearing me, and He will do what I ask for. Are you all with me? Right? Because the previous verses, the previous verses, go to Matthew chapter 6. So faith is to live in the reality of the unseen. And our Father, God, is unseen god is spirit right and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth didn't say you in singing songs it said truth knowing who is certainties we must come to a place of demolishing every uncertainty because we will need a strong rooted faith the bible says be ye rooted in the faith grounded in the truth are you all with me that is how we stand we stand like that matthew chapter 6 verses 6 He said, but you, when you pray, enter into your closet. And when you have shut your door, pray to your father which is in secret. And your father which sees in secret shall reward you openly. He didn't say maybe. He didn't say he maybe will reward you. He said he shall reward you. When you ask him in, secret when you ask him between you and him right when it's i i say no not secretively secret it means it's just an economy right uh, so i ask him and then i don't manipulate the situation because i am uncertain of him i manipulate the situation 
because I'm certain I'm uncertain of him I ask him but I tell people so that they could maybe help me that is you being uncertain of him having urged you and coming through for you he said he shall reward you openly the next the next verse says but when you pray use not vain repetitions as the heathen do for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking why do we use a lot of repetition because we are uncertain that he has heard us he said do not think that you will be heard because you say it many times you must know that when you approach your father the one that you are approaching he is listening to you are you all with me right he says verse 8 be ye not therefore like un unto them for your father knows what things you have need of before you ask him you must be certain that when you speak to your father that he is listening to you that he will do what he says and that he has already knows your need it 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 has i think it has literally been probably five six years now i don't know how long are we in this building five five years and it was the year that we moved into this building was the year i spoke on knowing god as your father and it was in these five years that i had to learn not that i cannot i had to learn that i don't need to ask him actually for my needs i had to learn you can ask him if you want don't get me wrong but when you come to certain when you come to the certainty that he already knows your needs and he's already answering you and you don't even need to do anything about it many of us here are parents we all know next year is school again when you have kids you're already planning for next year your kid is just waiting for school to finish kinders when it's school klaar maak and you thinking about next year us moet dit koop en daai koop en we must do all these things your father knows what you have need of and he's already busy planning he's already busy doing it he's already busy working it out he's already busy the solution is there but we are uncertain i had to learn not not to ask him i forced myself not to ask him to train myself that he is doing it already but if you want to ask ask this is not a law that you cannot ask okay but like i'm saying we must get away from being uncertain really we must get away from that that's the only way you can have a sure hope that's the only way your hope becomes sure what hope the hope of salvation the hope of deliverance or healing or breakthrough or these type of things it has to be you have to know that the victory is yours now many times when we use the word stubbornness we know it's bad well, many people say is our kopig stubborn we know it many times is a bad connotation but there must be also in a good way a stubbornness in us i refuse an attitude inside of you what i am looking for now in us is an attitude an attitude who's here in africans huh a holding 
Start with Jai. Is it you again? Trying to tell me things. I'm sorry. You don't know who I am and who myself. You don't know what Jesus did for me. He defeated you. And he gave me his victory over you. A rootedness. Fixed. This is, this is why we don't pray with faith. This is why we don't ask in faith. Because there are certain things that are supposed to be with us. Almost like a no-go. There's, there's just no other way. It's just going to be so. The victory is mine. Even if there's a storm, the victory is mine. Even if the, even doesn't matter what comes, the victory is mine. He has given me the victory. He is building into me strength. Strength, strength. We have to see it. Go with me to Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. And, and you really know faith and confidence comes by knowing things, knowing things, knowing things. The more, the more we don't know what the truth is, the more we have the lack of knowledge, right? And this is why, this is why we teach so much, so that you can build yourself upon the truth, so that you don't have a lack of knowledge, so that you can have certainties, right? Colossians chapter 3, verses 1. It says, if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on, on the right hand of God. Verses 2, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. The word set your affection, it means exercise your mind on things that are above. A place that you cannot see, but a place that you must know is real. You know, the, Jesus must become real to you that he exists, that he's there, right? He, if you give him just half a chance, he'll prove himself to you. Just half a chance. Alright? Set your affection on things that are above. Exercise your mind on the realities of your position, of your identity, of your authority in him. You are above, you are on top. You are seated at the throne. You are not going to the throne. You are at the throne. You are sitting right now on the throne. In Christ Jesus. You are in a position that is far above. You have authority. You are not going to have authority. You have it. But we still want, we are still looking for things. But we need to come to this place, as I say again, of knowing that you are from above. When in John chapter 3, when Jesus was speaking, he said, uh, he said, the son of man is in heaven. He said, I was, he's standing right there, but he's saying he's in heaven. It was a reality to him. It was something that, that he knew, he had faith, he was convinced about the unseen. He was convinced about these realities. And the only way I can see us having a strong rooted faith is by building ourselves on the truth of God's word. We, we are sometimes still, when we make mistakes or when we fail or when we fall into sin, you would wonder, are you still saved? And because you wonder, there is no almost this uncertainty within you to get back up and follow him. But you've got to know 
that while I make a mistake, I can get up. I'm still his son. I'm still in that position. Why? Because that position was granted to me not by my performance, but by what Jesus did through, Jesus did for me and my faith in him. Who took you up? Come on. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Like I said, I was telling you things that you've heard already. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 2. Verses, verses 4. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 4. But God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. Verses 5. Even when we were dead in sins has quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are served. Who quickened you? The word quickened means to be made alive. Who made you alive? Talk to me. Who made you alive? Okay, did you? Did you have anything to do with that? Who did it for you? Jesus. He. So who keeps you alive? Jesus. How did you get there? By faith. Not by work. Not because you were sinless. Not because you didn't make a mistake. Not because you performed well. Not because you were a good Christian. Not because you went to the church. Building to the meetings. Right? Not because you asked the man of God out there to be your spiritual father. He did not make you alive because of what you did. He made you alive by himself because of your faith in him. Because you could believe. Right? The next verse. And has raised us up together. Who raised you up? Jesus. Who raised you up? Jesus. Did you raise yourself up? No. So he raised you up. And then what did he do? He made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He then made, he made you ascend with him. And he made you sit. Who made you sit there? Talk to me. Who made you sit there? Okay. He made you sit in heavenly places. You didn't take yourself up. You didn't go up by yourself. He made you sit. Remember what I said to you. When you pray, you are not praying as if you are going there. You are praying as if you are there. And it's not as if it's you are there. You must pray as someone who knows he's there. As someone knows he's there sitting on the throne in Christ at the right hand of the Father. When he prays to the Father, he is praying as someone who's there. If you say you come, you can use those words, but you've got to build into your mentality that when I say I come, it's not really I'm coming, I'm here. I'm in you. You are in me. Easy in you. Are you sure? Yes. Are you in him? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Are you at the right end? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Yeah, you are sure now because I'm saying it. But if the storm comes, can you still be sure? Can you still know he's in me? Because at that time you feel nothing. There's no natural evidence. When you are in a boat and the storm is there, there's no evidence at that moment that you are above, on top, far above, the man from heaven, the man from above, the one who's the son sitting at the right hand with a permanent and secure position over these things, having authority. You, that time there's no evidence. But the evidence will come when you step in faith in the reality of what you know to be true. Then you will provide us with the evidence. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? You are above. Just because the storm is there and you're in the boat and trying to fix everything does not mean that you are not above. It just means that you are accepting the natural reality over the spiritual truth. Are you with me? You are on top. You are above. You are in Christ. Say, I am in Christ. Christ is in me. I am a being in Christ. Being in Christ. Come on, talk. Being in Christ is being at the right hand. Sitting on the throne. I am the heir. An attitude. When something comes your way, you must say, Don't you know who I am? If you have to speak to yourself. You know, sometimes we need to speak to ourselves because we haven't built our faith in that place. In the beginning, I used to say, There is provision, it will come through. Now I don't say anything, I just walk, go on. Because it is a reality. It must just be so. My father, my father cannot fail. He must just do it. You understand? It is just that way. I'm telling you there are so many truths in your relationship with your children about you knowing God as your father and you being his. There are so many truths hidden right there. You understand? There are so many truths there. So many truths. If you just... If you just open your eyes, you just ask the Holy Spirit to show you, you will find the truth right there. Many things that God says is true in that relationship between you and your children. It is so true. But we have, because we grow up in the world, because we grow up in the world, and as we grow up, you know what was it like in the lockdown? In the lockdown. Um, I remember when I, you know, right in the beginning of the lockdown, uh, in our family with the kids, we did the, the uh, they work and we pay them. So they worked for their breakfast, they worked for their lunch, they worked for their supper. And they found it cool, no, they can have their own money. Right? And as they worked, I saw things that happened that before they worked, they didn't have those issues. <laughs> All of a sudden, they worried about how much money they have. It's All of a sudden, they worried about, you know, now they're thinking of saving. No, if I buy that one, that one costs so much. Okay, I only have so much. No, don't spend too much. You know, all of these things. And, and when they see the money gets less, then they work even more. <laughs> then they say, no, what can we do? No, we want to do that and that. How much is that? If, you, if, we, if we wash all the floors, oh, $50. No, we'll do that. We'll wash the floors. You understand? But this one, just clean up the room. Only $30? Nah, we'll go for the floors. We want the $50. And then they will do as much as they can and they will gather and gather and they are concerned about money. And then at one stage, uh, Ethan came in and said, nah, he's tired. He's, he's no tired of working. Why can't you just give me the food? <laughs> I say, I'm tired of working. Just give me the food. I don't want to work. <laughs> you know, now I'm not saying you mustn't work. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying don't leave your jobs. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying there's a reality here. And you see, because he, he, he knows that over the years, we just gave food. There wasn't the issue of working. 
So later on, he can't understand, why must I work for this thing? This is supposed to be mine. You understand? The father's, he was now placing a demand upon the father's responsibility. That's what the Lord said to me many years ago. It's the father's responsibility to meet your needs. That meant, you know what? Now, now he could go play and not work. You understand? Now, please, don't leave your work. <laughs> work. All I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, what I've been saying for many years, let's not work for money. Let's work for God. Let's work for our Father. These fruits, when we work for our Father, and we do it to the best to represent Him, the things come, right? The things come. Are you all with me? There's a reality. We are above. We are on top. When, this, when you face challenges and crisis, it is how you must respond. It is how... Uh, look again, what I'm telling you is there must be an attitude inside of you. I'm looking, you know, uh, Sean gave us a prophecy and he said, the, see that the Lord is changing the expression of this house into his kingliness. He said a kingly orientation is what the Lord is after. And, and I looked up that word orientation because my English is not so good. And the word orientation, it means an inward feeling and mentality. Of kingliness. In other words, what does God want in, in us? That you are a ruler. That why must I bow to worry? Why must I bow to depression? Why must I bow to it? I am the ruler. A, a, a mentality of conquering. A mentality of, of a, you know when you are king, if we had to be kings, we would know we are in charge. We would know that we are in charge. Right? Give me, give me uh, Hebrews. What's time? I'll end off here. Hebrews. I'm here to remind you of things that you know. That is what the Holy Spirit has been busy with for so long now. Do you know when the lockdown started? Then I could, then I could see the value of what we have learned over the years. The value of learning that God is our provider, our father, and we are his sons. How we learn not to live by our environment, but how we could still. And I'm telling you, my reality didn't change. It increased. Right. Hebrews, Hebrews 1 verses, let's read from verses 5. It says, For unto which of the angels said he at any time, You are my son, this day have I begotten you. And again I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. It was his intent that he should be our father. He is not like our natural fathers. He is a father. You have to study him, who he is. Right? And we should be his son. That means there's a relationship between us that, that provides certain things, that has certain, I don't know if I can use the word benefits to it. Right? Verses 6. And again, when he brings the first begotten into the world, he says, and let all the angels of God worship him. 
The name son is a better name than angels. Right? There, there is something better that has been given to us. Verses 7. And of the angels he says, Who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire? Verses 8. But unto the Son, he says, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. To the Son is given a throne. Right? Verses 9. You have loved righteousness. You have hated iniquity. Therefore God, even thy God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows. The oil of gladness is not dependent upon how well it's going with you. Being joyful has got nothing to do with how well it's going. That means joy is possible in the midst of a struggle. Verses 10. Let, verses, sorry, let's read verses 13. Verses 13. But to which of the angels said he at any time? To which of the angels did he at any time say, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool? He never said to an angel, Sit at my right hand. He said to a son. He is saying to, And where are we? We are in Christ. We are at that right hand where enemies are to be made our footstool. Listen to the, to the will of God. Listen. Don't just read it like, okay, make your enemies your footstool. Listen to the will of God. Listen to the intent. Listen to the motivation of God. The driving force for putting you at his right hand. Making you sit at the right hand so that he can do what? Talk to me. So you can do what? Make your enemies your footstool. In other words, that what he puts you in a position that whatever enemy comes your way, there is a, a will of God. There is an intent of God that that thing must bow before you. That that thing must submit to you. Why? Because you have the higher authority. You are positioned higher. You are in the seat of Christ. You are in the seat of Christ. And as you are in the seat of Christ, whatever enemy there is, it must bow to you. A mentality. We must break uncertainty. And that was my biggest enemy. Most of you know my prophecies. The Lord is breaking within you doubt, uncertainty, and fear. Next year, the Lord is breaking in you doubt, uncertainty, and fear. Okay. <laughs> Next one. Come again. The Lord is busy breaking the last little bits of <laughs> doubt, fear, and okay. <laughs> Oh, Lord. <laughs> Twayful. You understand? But the more sure we become, the more we live in a reality that just flows. It just consistently flows. It just is consistently there. Because you are rooted in the thing. And it just flows the whole time. His intent. You are battling with something and you're wondering if God wants you to overcome. His intent is that you must win. His will is that whatever you are struggling with, it must bow to you. His intention, look at his heart. That's why when you come to the Father and you say, Father, then you know, hey, whatever I have, whatever I'm facing now, it's his intention to make it beneath, put it Place it beneath me. Why? Because illegally he said it's already under you. His intention, his will, his mind, his motivation towards you. 
is that you must be victorious. He says, I will make until I make your enemies. Not I will, but not, not maybe if. He said, until I do it. I, and that means he will do it. Okay, Hebrews chapter 2, verses 6, verses 6. But, but one in a certain place testifying, saying, What is a man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you would visit him? Who, who are we that he visits us? Verses, or we think of us, verses 7. You made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and honor. You did set him over the works of your hands. It's a setting. It's a position. It's something where you are placed. It is given to you. He did not say he will. He did not say he will. He said he has. He said he will set you. He, and he did set him. He did place him. He did give him legally the right, the position to have it under you. I'm busy writing uh, my book on sonship. And um, um, doing, I did the uh, three chapters so far. And on, in the one chapter, I'm speaking about Adam. And I'm writing about Adam as he was God's son. And I was writing that he enjoyed the kingdom of God. Because I, something I realized, I realized that the kingdom of God, because it's not natural, the kingdom of God is the freedom from sin. The kingdom of God is the freedom from rejection, worry, anxiety. Why? Because it's rule. It's something that Adam enjoyed perfect peace. There was death was not part of his equation. Sin was not part of his reality. He enjoyed the kingdom of God. Right? It was everything, and I write there, everything was beneath him. Death was there in the tree. But all things were under him. It was not part of his reality. Sin was possible, but it was not part of his reality. He had life. He had perfect, his, conscious, his consciousness was unhindered. There was clarity in his mind. There was no confusion. No worry. Peace. That surpasses our understanding. Son. The reality. Right? He placed these things under. But when he sinned. He came under the dominion of sin. Death reigned over him. In other words, he was under another rule now. He had switched kingdoms. You understand what I'm saying? But now Jesus came, he rectified that, Firstly, with inside of ourselves, and then as we stand upon that, we work the salvation out. Right? Are you with me? Verses, verses 8. You have put all things in subjection under his feet. Say, all things are under me. So, if he puts all things under you, you know, it's very simple. To explain that is very simple. If I'm going away for the weekend, and I say, Cynthia, will you look after my kids, please? 
she says yes when she comes to our house they all must submit to her what does that mean i set her over my kids if i come home and say nee die kinders luister hulle doen net wat hulle wil i say nee man wat gaan met jou aan you in charge you in charge why are you asking me it was your right it was your authority to exercise over them i placed you i set you over them if they are out of order it is your right it's your authority that i transferred to you positioned you over them you supposed to say set that not true god did the same over all things he came and said you i set you over all things it's under you you in charge but you're asking me to do the things i gave you the authority to do it's your right take it up You see and then that's how the kingly starts to manifest that's how the king that's how you start to manifest your kingliness your rule because you have an understanding that I have a legal position over things that it is that 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 the holy spirit as it says in the book of romans chapter 8 it says the holy spirit he says he bears witness with our spirit not to with our spirit that we are sons of god in other words Whenever Cynthia says, "Father, I'm ready to take charge over my problem." Then the Holy Spirit says, "I'm right here. Let's do it. I'm going to bear witness to you the reality of who you are. Who are you? You are son of God. You want to take charge? I'm right here. I'm the power for your sonship. Let's do it. I'm going to bear witness to the to you. You are a son, and I'm going to provide the evidence." The reason God gave you the Holy Spirit is so that whenever you choose to walk in your position, whenever you say I'm taking now the right to rule, it's mine. Whenever you say I've come to the understanding that I am in charge. For what's I dino for my say? just a testimony in the beginning of the year i i use it again it's a very good example in the beginning of the year when we were gathered we um from the first sunday and i think for about four four to five weeks you know the the offering year was down there right it died i thought hey what's going on I thought nay hey, maybe that maybe our time in the building is finished. But we went to go and pray and the Lord said and then the Lord gave a clear word he said there's a spirit of fear that's busy creeping into the house. The minute I knew what it was. That's the day I took charge. Because now I know what I'm fighting. Then we had the meeting and I told you what the Lord said. I told you. And it was not only happening here it was even happening with us. It was just as if things were just that's why I was wondering what's going on. And when the Lord said it's fear that's attacking you. The minute I knew that then I said I fear we've met each other before. I know you. I have conquered you. through the victory of Christ and i'm telling you now i'm not wasting my time with you okay that was my attitude i didn't say i'm not wasting my time that was my attitude and i had i had like perhaps 100 then would be all that i have in my my wallet then i would go drink coffee with somebody then all i would say then i would tell the guys i'm paying the pastor says i'm paying 
You say, I'm, I'm busy with warfare. I'm telling the spirit of fear that you are not going to rule me. I'm going to show you. And I say, I'm paying this thing. A couple of minutes later, why? Because I am now taking authority over the spirit. And he who's he's now losing his grip because a son is standing up against him. He has set you over. You are in charge. You are in charge. Authority has been given unto you. That means the Holy Spirit is waiting for you. You waiting for God? God said, I'm waiting for you. I gave you authority. It's like Cynthia saying to my kids, Nee, as you pa kom, ma gaan ek, ta gaan ons praat. As ek kom, ma sê, What? You were supposed to speak, you're waiting for me to come. Authority has been vested into you. Things are set beneath you. The intent of God is to make all things bow before you. May you not doubt that. He wants all things to submit itself to you. You are his kings in the earth. Amen. Are you with me? Amen. Amen. Let's stand.